Welcome to the 5G Techvitory podcast, where we will explore the hottest topics in 5G with some of the industry's leading minds. So, uh, our next session, I'm looking at the agenda. It's named Private Networks. We have five speakers plus the moderators, so uh, quite many. Uh, we have about 45 uh, minutes for this. Um, if we look at the 2021, it was the year which saw a tremendous update of private networks across regions and different sectors, and most of these deployments are still under trial. But we're starting to see some commercial applications as well. So in this panel discussion, we will explore the status of such networks globally, and we will look at the success stories and also, of course, challenges. And most importantly, we will explore lessons and explore if such networks bring real value to us, people, to the network itself, and etc. So, private networks. Uh, speakers, Marika Mentola, head of Nordics, Baltics, and Benelux at Nokia. Andreas Müller, general chair at 5G Alliance for Connected Industries and Automation. Gunnar Danbergs, vice president at LMT. Florian Trandarf, uh, sorry, Trandarif, Trandarfir, sorry. Florin, uh, Director of Consulting Services at CGI, and Paolo Campoli, uh, Vice President at Global Service Provider in Cisco. Moderated by Joe Barrett, the uh, President at uh, GSA. So, uh, Joe, I'm uh, giving over to you. Thank you very much, and uh, thank you, everybody, for joining. Uh, I think we have an excellent panel and uh, an excellent topic, uh, which uh, uh, was raised also on the, the panel I was uh, moderating yesterday, uh, so on Monday. So I think this is a very interesting topic. Um, for those who don't know, GSA is a, represents the global suppliers in this industry. Um, and we actually do follow uh, the private mobile networks rollout and are tracking uh, those networks uh, through our database. Uh, we've also re producing reports. I think a link to um, our latest report um, is being shared. Uh, through the chat, so please click on that if you want more information. So without further ado, um, let's kick this off. So um, the first thing I want to ask is um, uh, each of everybody's. What is, is the idea here is that we're going to cover the driving, what's driving interest around private mobile networks um, and how is that each company approaching this opportunity? Uh, so maybe um, we start with, with Cisco and with uh, Paolo. How, how are you approaching this situation? Sure. Uh, so thanks, thanks for a question, uh, Joe. Uh, we look at this from, uh, from kind of two angles, but, you know, they are converging. So on the one side, uh, we see the first use cases for private 5G really shaping up uh, as, if you like, extension of IoT. So you start moving IoT from what it used to be for the last few years, which is mainly asset tracking and telemetry, to something which is way more powerful. You start having, you know, predictive uh, performances and you scale these into industry with much more power. The other angle is, um, you know, private 5G for red carpet spaces. So for, you know, the hybrid work or the future of work. And to that end, it becomes a natural extension of, a, of an enterprise architecture in terms of policies and so on. Those two things will co are converging in reality. And so there would be a seamless just another radio interface, if you like, into an enterprise or, or SP manager architecture. But the starting point we look at are these two, two IoT augmented, if you like, and red carpeted spaces. Thank you, Paolo. Um, 
Marke, maybe um, you can look at it from a suppliers uh, or the current suppliers situation. How does it complement your existing business? Uh, thank you. Um, so how Nokia approaches it uh, today is is really coming from the need in the market. And the need is driven by, I would say, three different aspects. One is uh, really the digitalization, so the industry 4.0. So, you know, there's a there's a great need and, you know, um, to understand and control the physical assets to really gain better uh, business outcomes, such as efficiency, productivity, and, and safety. The other aspect and the need is, is really the, the kind of need for resilience and, and, and agility and uh, the need for, for, uh, for maintaining business continuity um, through kind of different shifts that there are in the market or environmental conditions. And, and then the third aspect uh, why there's need for, for private wireless is sustainability. And uh, this is a great tool to help uh, to achieve uh, both business and, uh, and environmental goals. So like we say at Nokia, there's no green without digital. Very good. Good answer. Thank you. So at the other end of the scale, then, uh, um, Gunnar, from a, a mobile network operator's point of view, um, how do you see the private mobile networks and, and the opportunity? Yeah, thank you. Okay, we started to investigate this business possibility already three or four years ago after Nokia uh, presented it in uh, Barcelona, this concept. And I can share our opinion and our experience here why we haven't done any of uh, private networks so far, because we investigated some uh, two main ports of uh, Latvia airport and uh, some great storages. The client needs something they need uh, main thing what they need to stay the data stay in in-house in their own hands and they would like their own network but from operator point of view it's very heavy and very difficult task because to prepare such private networks we need the same very well-trained staff as for all my public network and I can put the same efforts for one customer as I'm putting for million of customers in mass market in our network. So it's not so easy to be done. And what we recognize that to prepare private network for some clients, we have uh, before uh, we are developing this network, we have to investigate it all business processes. We have to go deep, deep dive in uh, these business processes of customer and uh, prepare these, base, uh, these business processes to be ready for automation and ready for this private network and uh, adjust uh, with them what they really want. And it's not easy task. So far we are waiting for maybe for the next 5G network slicing to prepare some kind of virtual private networks. Thank you. Okay, thank you. So, uh, Florin, I mean, your, uh, the experience that you have within your company as a, as a CGI is, covers many industries. Um, so, what is the, the overall approach that you're taking to uh, private networks? Yeah, thanks for, for the question. So, in CGI, basically, we take it from the value that we are bringing. And the value, it's, it's having multiple aspects, right? It's the value that we are bringing for the companies which is really business value translated in financial figures, of course, then is the value that we are bringing to the people. Uh, we have to think all the time that around any kind of company, we do have environmental topics, we do have constraints which are coming then from the sustainability. Uh, 
And then the last part is, of course, um, how we are able to innovate together. And that's a place where we are discussing about an ecosystem. It's not a single place for, for either uh, a system integrator as us or uh, let's say a network uh, manufacturer, as, as we have here, uh, Nokia or Cisco. It's basically the ecosystem which is bringing the value. We need to connect the dots between the technology itself, which is coming from, from the vendors, then the, the overall uh, current situation that we are having and facing with, with the constraints from the sustainability, constraints from the other regulators which are on the market, and then um, the, the people itself. And that can be done basically with the help of a system integrator which can bring everybody together. For, for us, for CGI, basically the private network, it's, it's a natural extension of, of our 5G current investment. And uh, we are already having uh, major projects done with the European Space Agencies in 5G. We are operating various 5G uh, deployments across the globe. And then looking at the market for, for private 5G and the needs which are coming then, that's a natural extension for us to, to go to this one. And um, speaking about um, how we, we usually approach it, um, we never start just with a, a discussion about um, how we can improve your current connectivity, right? Because that's the usual standard setup. We start from what is the business value, what is the business problem that we need to solve, and then how we can solve it together with the ecosystem. Okay, thank you. So then just uh, last on, on the, with Andreas, um, obviously you're representing, I think it's um, over 90 um, companies within the ecosystem of uh, uh, industry. So how, how do you see the position and uh, the opportunity for, five, for mobile networks? Yeah, thanks, Joe. So indeed, 5G ACIE, um, the 5G Alliance for Connected Industries and Automation is focusing on the usage of 5G in the manufacturing industry, of course. And as I said, we have um, exactly 90 members um, as of today, a good mixture between major players, but also smaller companies from the ICT industry and the, the OT industry to jointly shape and develop um, industrial 5G. And of course, private mobile networks play a key role in this respect. So the manufacturing industry has been one of the main drivers between, behind these developments. Um, because 5G in general is a key enabler for the digital transformation of the industrial domain towards Industry 4.0, as has been mentioned before. And what we need is basically high-performance wireless connectivity in the factory of the future, which is a very localized environment and also a very well-controlled environment. That means um, there are many ways and also how to optimize the network and so on. Um, and we do not need this nationwide coverage, basically, as we have it in the public. At the same time, there are major security concerns, right? So production data is very sensitive. As a manufacturer, I would like to keep full control of the data. That's why there is a need for some isolation from the public networks. Um, you have very special quality of service requirements, very demanding applications requiring low latency, high reliability, high real-time capability, and so on. That means also you would like to be able to optimize and configure the network in the way you need it for these very special applications, which are a bit different in most cases compared to the classical smartphone use case, for instance. And of course, there are also some business-related concerns. You would like to be independent, basically, of what happens around you and uh, be able to act when you want it and where you want it. 
And these were all basically drivers behind private function networks. Um, as what we see right now, this has also been briefly mentioned before, is still many trials and tests um, around the world. So many companies, um, universities and so on are testing private networks, the network operators, of course, as well. Um, so we are at the beginning of the journey, but there is certainly a lot of potential to be unlocked. Um, and I'm very convinced that especially manufacturing, but also in related domains, agriculture, um, local transportation hubs and so on, there's really a huge potential that may be unlocked with private 5G in future. Okay, thank you. That's interesting um, uh, to kick us off on this, this topic. Um, I'd like to now ask uh, some, you know, direct questions uh, specifically, and I'd like to start with with Marika regard, uh, Nokia regarding uh, private networks, because um, you know, what do you see are the f main benefits uh, for 5G as a private net private mobile network as we start to see the acceleration and obviously the interest now growing in private mobile networks? Thank you. So. Um, uh... I'd like to start from the fact that actually 80% of the of the private networks that Nokia has done so far have been done uh, with the 4.9G or LTE. And then some 7% uh, with a combination of LTE and 5G and then the rest 13% with 5G, you know, sort of a standalone. And of course, uh, you can do, do quite much with the 4.9G and LTE already, but then the future is of course ahead of us. And then what does 5G do for us? Uh, I think there, there are several use cases and there, there of course, the whole 5G is, is all about, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, about digitalization and the industries. And, and one thing, of course, is slicing something that, uh, that Gunnar's mentioned already. And the, this, of course, provides uh, the opportunity for um, the operators like LMT here to use their existing network and provide a slice for a industrial partner, uh, possibly. That's a kind of semi-private network already, if you, if you will, of course, missing some of the uh, some of the topics that uh, that have been mentioned here with regards to 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 owning the the data. But anyways, slicing is is key uh, here. And then, of course, uh, you have the the technical capabilities like uh, you know latency. You know, you, you would have uh, an acceleration of uh, self-moving vehicles, an acceleration of, you know, remote controlled machines. And there, uh, latency becomes critical. And of course, 5G and standalone especially provides that uh, great capability. Okay, thank you. you. So, uh, Gunas, uh, as you mentioned, um, you know, the, you need slicing and, and Marika just mentioned slicing as well. So, is that... Uh, one of the things that you need uh, for you to be able to deploy, um, you know, private mobile networks within your within your network. Yes and no, uh, because uh, slicing already was uh, ready in the three GPP release fifteen, if I'm right, or, or even on the fourteen beginnings, and it's for four G. It's ready and. Uh, uh, for 5G, it uh, also will be finalized in release 17 or already in 16. Done. But that's that's not a question. The uh, question is that it's, uh, of course, if they will be waiting for 5G and standalone to prepare this slicing with, because it's more prepared, this network for slicing and for industrial needs. In Latvia, we don't have very great enterprises with mass production. so. There are small enterprises and uh, 
medium production lines and mainly what's necessary in this private network there are some ports some uh, military uh, uh, divisions and uh, airports some uh, great storages and uh, but as i mentioned before to be done some uh, network slicing or uh, uh, semi-private uh, network we have to uh, deep uh, we have to prepare deep diving in their business processes because for first we have to understand needs of the customer why they need this private network what they will do with this what uh, resources it will need uh, will be uh, necessary from us and uh, from customer how they will manage this network are they are are they ready to manage them themselves or it will be operator or maybe nokia or ericsson as supplier it's a very uh, costly process to and uh, but of course we will go on and as i mentioned there are some possibilities in uh, latvia such as ports and uh, uh, airport and uh, airports and uh, great storages and storage lines and together today we are uh, also uh, sharing the experience and participating in horizon 2020 eu program 5g routes we are preparing in a rig test field for connected uh, vehicles and uh, 5g routes as connection to to test uh, possibility to uh, Rome between uh, two networks, it's Estonia, Latvia and Finland, third is Finland, how it will be act this private network as one network to on the line. So it's uh, all is in process, but it it will be done. And uh, I, I'm quite sure that after two, uh, two years, there will be a lot of private networks or network slicings as private networks in Latvia, together with Nokia as our main supplier and Ericsson also we will prepare it. Thank you. Thank you, Gunnarsson. So, so Paolo, I mean, picking up on um, the, the point there from, from Gunnar's earlier about it being complicated um, from um, an enterprise perspective to manage and implement the network. Are you seeing that it's, you know, your offering is more aligned with your enterprise side of the business or is it more of a channel towards mobile side of your business or is it a combination of both? What is the experience from your point of view? Yeah, that's a, that's a highly debated uh, strategic uh, track even within the company, honestly. So we, we visit and we talk to a number of enterprise customers and clearly as you as the different speakers uh, confirmed, there is demand out there for private 5G. Now, who are going to be the early insertion winners vis-a-vis um, -vis that demand and, and what is going to be the longer term strategy? Enterprises are asking to fix their, to address their business problems first, and so they they require vertical expertise. They, just, they don't just require boosted connectivity. And the norm normal statement is keep it simple, right? They don't want to operate 5G core, user print function, policies. I mean, those things are complicated enough for an ICT stack, let alone 5G. So we believe the early insertion in terms of market, like market share expansion, will be with um, ITSP, basically system integrators who have uh, the vertical knowledge, integration capabilities, and they will offer this mainly as a service, private 5G as a service. Uh, we see mobile operator service provider playing uh, a key role on the medium term because, I mean, the ability to manage that complexity is in, in their DNA. Managed business services are something, you know, historically done with service providers. And for us, it's an, a vital route to market. We cannot do things in managed uh, business applications without service providers. But to me, that's kind of a next wave, if you like, after 
the status quo will be kind of struck by large, large system integrators. So it's both uh, with a good phasing and good timing. Thank you, Paolo. Uh, Andreas, regarding um, in your members and picking up on what's been, been said, um, what advice are you giving to your to the companies in the association of how to uh, look at 5G private mobile networks and, and to avoid you know, current known mistakes? Yeah, I think the first step certainly is to, to build up know-how and to understand the developments and the solutions that are out there and so on, because that's a much more diverse and complex thing than maybe Wi-Fi in the past and also than the, the public cellular networks in the past, right? So in the past, you bought a SIM card, you insert a SIM card in your module and you can connect your device to a mobile network. But now you also have to look at the infrastructure side of things and so on. So it's getting much... Uh, much more diverse in some way. So what 5G ACI is doing to support our members, but also the, the general public, if you want, is that we, of course, are also exploring this together um, in this ecosystem of different ICT and OT players. So about two years ago, for example, we published a seminal white paper on private networks. I think this was really the first one of its kind, uh, where we outlined the different deployment models, the different operating models, because that's the first thing to understand, right? It's not black or wide, it's not private or public. There are different flavors, basically, of how to deploy a private network. So if spectrum regulation permits, if, for example, enterprises can have direct access to spectrum, then they could do everything on their own. That means deploy the RAN and the core and also operate a network. Uh, if this is not possible or if a company doesn't want to do it, of course, there are also many ways to collaborate with an established MNO, for example, right? so that we can also use the RAN for both the private network and the public network, but we maybe have only a dedicated core network and so on. So it's really very diverse. Uh, we analyzed this at 5G SRE, the pros and cons, and the, the essence basically is that there is not a single answer to the question what the optimal model is. It always depends on the company, on the domain where you would like to use it, on your strategy and so on, what the optimal choice is. But understanding these pros and cons and so on, of course, is a prerequisite so that you can come to a good decision for your own business at the end. What we also did recently um, here to support again um, our members is to develop an overview of the regulatory situation around the world, right? So I mentioned already local spectrum, which somehow is a prerequisite for some of the models, um, but we don't have local spectrum all over the world. There are countries like Germany, like the UK, like Japan, they already have these schemes in place, but others like China, for example, they don't have that yet. And it turned out that none of the members really had a complete picture of the situation around the world. So that's why we um, started collecting information also about ongoing consultations and so on. So to really get a good understanding, okay, what is the situation in Brazil, in the United States, in Canada and so on. Um, and it's a very dynamic process. That's what I can say. And we are currently planning to make some of these results also available externally. So currently that's an internal uh, piece of work, but uh, certainly that might be of interest to, to many people. Maybe the last thing that I would like to highlight here, again, what 5G ECIA in particular is doing, we um, just put in place a testbed framework um, at the beginning of the year, basically, where different members can get together to test industrial 5G in general, um, to test use cases, to do performance evaluation, validation, and things like this. So far, we have approved um, seven test beds um, around the world, and all of them are based on private networks. That means at the same time, this is a very good opportunity to get some hands-on experience with private networks. We have um, 
test, but for example, the one I'm very familiar with, the Bosch Semiconductor Factory in Germany, Griffin Ericsson Factory in Schista uh, in Sweden, um, where a collaboration is ongoing. And all in all, it's seven test bits so far. And that really helps to identify also the challenges that you would not expect at first. And a key challenge, for example, is also then the smooth integration of a private 5G network into the existing enterprise IT environment, because there are many things that are in place today, but we don't, we're not really talking about greenfield deployments. So this has to seamlessly um, yeah, uh, work together with what we have in place today. And that's a key challenge also to do this in a secure manner and so on. So therefore it's really the, the interface between mobile networks, where they're coming from, from the public domain, but also then the enterprise domain that's exactly where private networks fit in. Okay, good. Thank you, that's very uh, in-depth uh, uh, understanding there. Uh, so, uh, Florin, I mean, one of the areas is, is transportation is one of the large opportunities for private mobile networks. Um, are you seeing this happening you know, everywhere or is it just very quite regionally based or um, you know, just in, in developed or, or developing countries? Yeah, well, um, Transportation is basically the largest sector, the second largest sector industry in, in the private 5G network, right? First one is manufacturing, which is roughly about 20, 22%. And then at about 15%, it's coming transportation. And it's, uh, it's driven mainly because of the current challenges that we see today in the supply chain, in the overall situation that the pandemic was bringing. And then um, also a bit on the maturity of the customers are, which are on the other side, right? Uh, transportation was used to have a certain level of communi communication in the back, maybe not at the same level as, as the manufacturers were having, but still uh, to, to a very high degree in comparison with, with other segments. Now, uh, we were hearing a bit earlier discussing uh, this discussion about the, the availability of spectrum. That's basically what is dictating also the, the setup in the transportation. We do have countries where they are, uh, I would say, much more um, ahead in, in the implementation of the 5G networks, purely because of the availability of spectrum, right? And here, UK and Germany, I think they are clear examples. Also, we have to look a bit from the perspective of where the major uh, companies of transportation and logistics are sitting, right? So there are certain countries where basically you have a, a much higher concentration of, of such customers. Uh, it's not um, uh, limited then to a particular geography. We see the same structure almost everywhere, but of course with different implementation models. We heard the, the distinction between the the uh, places where you have the spectrum available and where the enterprises are able to, to operate uh, by themselves, of course, with an ecosystem where you have a, a vendor uh, under it and then an SI, usually that's the combination to, to give the right value. But also in the countries where the spectrum is it's still not available for enterprises, the CSPs, they have a great uh, integration role there, right? Uh, and they will all the time take a, a, a good um, part of the business for for uh, very clear reasons. Uh, they are well established and also they are able to provide uh, an extension of the existing connectivity to the transportation. Now, uh, transportation has many flavors, right? If you, if you think today we do have the, the major pillars around the maritime part, the air 
uh, and then roads, right? If you make three big buckets. Uh, out of this one, I would say that the maritime was getting the, the highest uh, attention purely because of, of the current situation in the world, right? Let's take only the recent one with the, the disruption of the supply chain. Uh, that was basically having a, a heavy impact also coming from, from the maritime industry. So we see a lot of tractions, for example, in ports, uh, port activities and all the maritime transportation. Uh, they are uh, already having either a predefined connectivity with, with existing technology but that's basically the basis for the normal operations. If they want to grow, if they want to become more effective, which is one of the key elements, and plus they want to, to really align with the new goals which are coming from sustainability, you need much more. And here it's coming into the picture, the 5G and the capabilities which are offered by 5G on the latency. And that's basically enabling the possibility to react in real time and collect a huge amount of data and analyze them immediately. And then secondly, if you look from the perspective of environmental side and even then health and safety part, that's a topic which up till now with the current existing connectivity was pretty hard to be achieved, right? Uh, we saw at the beginning of, of the presentation a movie where the role of drones is coming up. Especially for ports, uh, it's critical that health and safety is it's in place, right? Not just for the port inside, but also for the surrounding environment. And there, basically, there is a huge demand now for, for health and safety uh, solutions, which are driven then, for example, from the drone part. Right? They are vendors there like, like Nokia, which are able to, to offer direct solutions. And then CGI is able to, to have a concrete package to integrate all the solutions in the backbone of the, the transportation company, plus then offering value-added services on top, which are creating basically the ultimate uh, business value chain for value for, for the customer. So it's it's not um, it's not if you want a, a simple uh, plug-and-play solutions every everywhere, uh, although. I would say that the private networks were evolving a lot. The, I mean, the, the infrastructure for the private networks were evolving a lot. And we have, for example, today kits uh, from Nokia or from, from other suppliers, which are almost in the matter of, of one week, two weeks installed and up and running. Uh, but then the integration work and the overall end-to-end -end, uh, realization of the use case, which will bring the value for the customer, that will take a bit of, of longer time. Usually we are looking at times around three, four months is to bring a couple of uh, beneficial use cases for the customers and then prove the value. Uh, one of the key experience that we are also having is that you should start small, prove the value, and then it's much more easy to, to grow immediately because first of all, you will have the experience, you will be able to understand much better what a private 5G networks will bring to you. And then, um, the other part will be that uh, once you prove the value to, to the various business stakeholders, you will be able to grow it much faster with a much, much uh, higher interest from all the parties uh, which are involved. Okay. Now, okay. there is also the other aspects on the transportation, which is, is looking for the air and for the, the roads. 
there it's also lots of development, but air, as we know, was quite highly disruptive now by the pandemic. So there is not a huge amount of development currently happening. It will happen for sure in the next two years. And we heard a lot about the, the airports and, and overall uh, new uh, air hubs which are happening around the Europe. And in fact, we are involved in, in some of them uh, in the Central European part. Um, and then on the roads, uh, the idea would be that we go for the autonomous fleets. We are going for, we heard a bit earlier, BMW discussing about how they will approach this. So we will need the infrastructure on the roads to do not only the, the autonomous cars uh, uh, maintenance and, and the overall, uh, let's say, operation part, but you will need also to make sure that everything which is surrounding the, the road uh, network, it's, it's set up properly. You will need to integrate with, with the health and safety part. You will need to, to make sure that um, every single nodes that you are having and connecting with your logistics hubs will work properly. And all that will come then with specific private 5G networks, which are done either towards the responding, corresponding public uh, organizations, which are usually maintaining the roads, or even if we discuss then for, for specific uh, highways, we have private contractors which are taking care about the highways and they need basically to integrate the data from various highways across the country. Okay, thanks. I think we need to um, uh, move on. So thank you for that. Um, so Paolo, um, do we expect then this, this growth to continue um, and accelerate with 5G? Uh, and what, what do you think is going to be one of the key benefits um, of uh, deploying a private mobile network for enterprise? Well, I, I think we will see the same dynamic we saw in the past between, you know, private LTE and 4G, right? It was uh, undisputable that private LTE had, uh, had a set of use cases, uh, of course, coexisting and, and complementing what you do with, uh, with, with Wi-Fi. We believe we'll see the same with private 5G and Wi-Fi 6. Now, the acceleration of private 5G will determine availability of endpoints and terminals. I mean, if as an enterprise, I need to think about which 5G endpoint is certified, interoperable, I'll give up. So those things need to be as easy as they are with Wi-Fi. You don't qualify a Wi-Fi access point today, right? We don't qualify a client in your laptop. I mean, they, they just work first. And secondly, I mean, enterprise by outcomes and quite often by outcome as a service. And so our ability as an industry to justify private 5G to address specific use cases per vertical and provide the uh, the service, you know, from as a, as a cloud-based service, keep it simple. To me, this would be the, the three key accelerator factor. So business relevance, endpoint, um, you know, availability and easy to, to basically integrate and, uh, and as a service uh, consumption model. Thank you. So, uh, Marika, I mean, Paolo there mentioned about simplicity. Obviously, mobile networks are, are inherently complex. Um, so how are you working then to maybe to make that simplicity and to bring what benefit to uh, enterprise? I think uh, Florin already mentioned we have solutions at Nokia that you can actually put on the air just, uh, just like that. So, so we already have uh, a solution called Nokia Digital Automation Cloud platform, you know, that we can install very, very quickly into any environment. So, um, of course, uh, with, the, with the right uh, uh, with the right radios, uh, you know, depending on the spectrum that there is in that country or the res respective location. Um, so, so that that is of course uh, uh, um, uh, a great need 
uh, in the in the market for for such uh, such solutions. But I would like to touch upon something else which hasn't been yet discussed, and um, that's actually then, you know, what is driving the uptake of these private networks. Uh, um, on top of the great technology and solutions that need to be there in place, but it's just purely productivity gains. That is that is a very big thing in the market. Like I said, that there's no green without digital. There's a lot of digitalization needs that haven't been yet addressed, and a lot of untapped potential. So we see see in the future a possibility for millions of private networks just because of this reason. Now, what is needed for that? Then there's a call to action to all of the partners here in in this ecosystem, and that's uh, uh, that's then cooperation. Uh, it is an ecosystem play, and uh, that is needed from everybody around us, uh, starting from manufacturers or you know the end users, for you know suppliers like uh, uh, Nokia, Ericsson, Cisco, but then integration partners. Uh, you know, all kinds of partners to, to make that happen, to make it easy, to make it uh, digestible for the for the end, end customer. And then a call to action, of course, is scalability and also Salesforce. You know, if you think of uh, today, how we sell these, uh, these private networks, uh, there are not that many people that can do that in the world. So there's a great amount of ed education that is needed for every company in the chain to make that happen and you know that's what is uh, what is needed uh, to to really uh, really have an uptake in in this uh, in this whole private wireless domain uh the the, the kind of basic uh, sort of a, a csp mobile business we see at nokia being flattish to slightly declining but then that on top uh, the csp plus then the private wireless market we see at nokia those together would be slightly we would be seeing a slightly increased market. But like I said, a call to action for, for ecosystems and partnering, and then you know ability for the whole chain to sell the value. Okay, thank you. I want to then, then maybe pick up with um, uh, with, with, with Gunnar's and, and Andreas, then just on the, on the, on the spectrum side, because there's two sides here. Um, I mean, Gunnar's, did, you know, obviously, the mobile operators are you know have lots of spectrum. They control spectrum, um, and you know, and, and, and spectrum can be very expensive, of course. Um, what is your view on um, the regulators making spectrum available just for private mobile networks, or do you think that it's more of a, as you said, slicing and and uh, utilizing your experience and knowledge about about spectrum going forward? Yes, thank you. I can uh, share experience about Latvia and Latvia where we have three mobile operators and all let's say cellular spectrums for 2G, 3G, 4G and 5G which is available Latvia is divided between operators. There are no special spectrum slices for as in Germany for factories and special needs. So it means that uh, I can uh, speak about our situation and it means in Latvia there is a uh, uh, place for network slicing and operators of course will provide network slicing as private network solution for uh, enterprises and for ports and for other entities which are needed but as i mentioned before also if uh, if there is a dedicated spectrum for uh, uh, in a network spectrum slices for private network, then of course such players as Nokia and other integrators, of course, they have a great business for that. 
Thank you. So, uh, so thank you for that. Yes, uh, Andreas, what is it like from your from the, your members' point of view? We're obviously spread around various countries. Obviously, some in countries where you've got spectrum uh, allocated for a private networks and for enterprise, and others where there isn't, as in Latvia, for instance. So, what, what's your view from your members? I mean, Fafsi in general doesn't have really a, a clear view on, on spectrum, right? So we have the ambition to reflect the entire ecosystem in our membership. But of course, also among our members, there are different views on what the optimal uh, regulatory scheme should be. So therefore, it's at the end of the day, something, um, of course, always the regulators have to decide. So we see, um, as has been mentioned before, right? Um, more and more countries maybe thinking about it or allocating some spectrum for enterprises. Um, and also there, there are different approaches, basically. There are different bands that are allocated and also different approaches. If you compare the way it's done in Germany, in UK, to the way it's done in the United States with CBRS, for example, I mean, these are different concepts with a similar outcome and a similar result. Um, maybe that some organizations can get access to spectrum and use that and as a basis for building up and potentially also operating their own networks. But again, so far, ACI doesn't have a, a clear view on that. I think a general um, interest that is shared by all stakeholders is also global harmonization. Um, it doesn't really help if then every country has a different scheme and maybe a different band and also very exotic bands somehow allocated for that. So as always um, in, in mobile sector, so global harmonization would be very much appreciated by many stakeholders. Uh, but of course, it's a hard, um, uh, yeah, hard goal, hard to achieve, um, but still something we should still strive for. Maybe just one more thing, if I um, may, to, to the previous discussion, so about the complexity and so on, because I really think that's a major challenge also that needs to be addressed. Um, but I also think there's quite some potential to, to handle this very well in future, because the, the equipment and so on that we see today Right. So primarily comes from the public networks. So the base stations, the core networks and so on, they have been developed originally with public networks in mind. That means they offer a very high scalability, a high flexibility with thousands of parameters that you can configure and so on to make sure that you can deal with every situation that you encounter in, in real world. But there's a lot of potential to simplify this if there are more components designed for private networks from the very beginning, because then we don't need the scalability, this flexibility, but maybe we need some other things like uh, more network automation and things like this. So therefore, um, um, as I mentioned at the very beginning, I think we are still at the very beginning of this journey. There is a lot of potential to be unlocked. There are many technical innovations that may come along. And that's what we are seeing right now. So right that the, the entire ecosystem is moving. There are startups coming up. Business models are changed by all the players, by the network operators, by the infra vendors and so on. And I really think that's very exciting times we are in and looking forward to the future developments here. Okay, thank you, Andreas. Uh, so just to, to wrap up, we've had a very good discussion. Um, so I, I pose a question to um, uh, to each of the panelists. Um, because GSA has a, a private mobile network uh, interest group, a working group that um, is looking at what is the, the forecast, because there is such a huge difference between the different forecasts uh, going forward, even how many uh, private mobile networks are being deployed at the moment. So, um, would you say that um, private mobile networks are going to be um, uh, 10x, 5x, 2x uh, growth over the next three years? Um, maybe starting with Marika. Uh, a good question. Today we have uh, 
um, close to 400. I think the, the latest figure is 380 private wireless customers. So yes. we are still at the, at the start. So there's a there's a one uh, one private network built a day. That's what we say um, at Nokia. So, um, uh, but you know, this is probably my personal estimation. So not uh, not uh, vetted by by Nokia. So I would say 10x has to be but there's so much of need, a need in the market and of course in different shapes and forms we can't uh, directly say whether they're pri private or public or in between or whatever but uh, but i say 10x okay Athletes. so we have 10x power <laughs> uh, what is your what is your view well when you start from a small number it's normally a very high x right <laughs> when you start from a small number when we look at the booking revenue potential uh, radio 5g core and so on I mean, this, I, I agree with Nokia, there should be in the 10x range, at least for at the beginning of the ramp up. Yeah. Okay, good. And Gunas, your, your view from Latvia? Yeah, I think also it's some 10x with uh, 5G development and uh, with network slicing as some dedicated uh, private network. Yeah. Good. good thank you. Florin. I think it's 10x to start with. I, I, I'm really more optimistic. I think in the next years we'll, we will be above the 10x. Okay, so everybody's agreeing with Marika. So that sounds good for you, Andreas. Is that correct? I'm going to just check my crystal ball, but somehow it's not working today. Um, apologies for that. But uh, I mean, I believe, uh, I cannot provide a number, of course, but um, I believe in about a year from now, we really will see a takeoff of the market. Once we have really 16, once we have more tailored solutions and services and so on. Uh, and also once the enterprise customers have gained more experience with 5G as a technology, so this will really then the mark the beginning of the, the takeoff of the market and be it 10x, be 20x, we will see, um, but certainly there's a bright future ahead. Well, thank you. I'd like to, like to thank all the panelists uh, and uh, for their, their views. So we have, I think, some interesting discussion. I think we need um, maybe a, a less complex mobile network for private networks, but um, a huge potential for growth um, going forward. So I'd like to thank everybody and uh, hand back to the studio. Thank you, Jim. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Joe, for this uh, excellent moderation. We are out of time, but we have uh, some very relevant questions on the platform. So I kindly ask all the all the panelists to uh, check the 5G Territories uh, event platform. And on the right side of the screen, you see me. You can find all the comments and questions, for example.